Hello and welcome to the very first Cranky Talk, a show for ab geeks and non-ab geeks alike. For the near future, we'll tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID. But first, I want to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Southern California's Ontario International Airport, where health, safety, and security continue to be a top priority. ONT now requires that everyone wear masks or face coverings throughout their time at the airport, and markers have been added to help people to keep their distance from other travelers. When the time comes to fly, you can make sure you're ready by checking with your airline for the latest flight information and by visiting flyontario.com COVID-19 for information on restaurant and store hours, parking changes, and more. ONT will be ready for your next trip, but for now, take it SoCal, so easy, at home. Now, usually we'd prefer to talk about traveling, but, well, we live in strange times. So for our inaugural show, I'm going to talk about how not to travel. More specifically, let's talk about how to get refunds for tickets you've purchased and won't be using. Before COVID-19, if you bought a ticket and the airline changed your schedule, you actually wanted the airline to get you a new flight. The refund was only something of last resort. But now people aren't traveling and money is tight, so every dollar counts. Getting that refund has proven somewhat elusive, especially since some airlines have resorted to changing their rules all too frequently. <laughs> United. Excuse me. So, let's talk about refunds and whether you can actually get one. To start, is your flight canceled or has there been a significant schedule change? This is what airlines call an involuntary change, one that's actually forced on you by the airlines. If this hasn't happened, then you're just looking to make what the airlines call a voluntary change, one that you make by choice. In those cases, you can almost never get a refund unless your ticket was refundable when you bought it. You'd know that if you read the fine print at the bottom of that confirmation email. There are some limited exceptions right now, primarily at a handful of Asian airlines. But for the most part, the best you can do is hold your ticket as a credit for future travel. The good news is that nearly every airline is waiving change fees and extending ticket validity. So you'll have a better ability to actually use the full credit at some point in the next couple of years. But let's say your flight is canceled or there's been a significant schedule change forced on you. This is where the rules start to get pretty murky pretty quickly. The U.S. Department of Transportation requires that refunds for, quote, significant changes be processed promptly. United and JetBlue notably decided to ignore that advice, so the DOT stepped in and smacked them into compliance. International airlines have proven to be more of a mixed bag. The big question that DOT hasn't answered is, what exactly does significant mean? It's not defined. That's actually done on purpose. DOT set it up to be able to review it on a case-by-case -case basis, so it gives the airlines some latitude to make up their own rules until DOT steps in and tells them they've crossed the line. So far, that hasn't happened here, so the rules actually vary pretty widely by airline. Now, before we get into the weeds, a caveat here. The rules that I talk about by airline are specifically tied to the ticketing airline. This is kind of a strange concept for people that haven't worked in the business, but even if you buy your ticket through a travel agent, there's actually a single ticketing airline that governs the rules for every ticket issued. Now this might be easy if you are only flying on United, it's probably a United ticket, but in some cases you might be flying United connecting to Lufthansa and then flying Air Canada on the return. 
you get the point. The way partners work, you may not know exactly who it's ticketed on. So the way to figure that out is to find the first three digits of your ticket number. If it starts with 001, that's American. 006 is Delta. 016 is United. And if you're flying Southwest, don't worry, that's always a Southwest ticket. If you see three digits you don't know, you can try looking it up online along with an airline name and something should pop up if you're looking there. Once you've figured out your ticketing airline, then you can dive into the rules. In general, each airline will determine whether something is significant enough of a change based on the amount of time the new schedule varies from the original schedule. If you're ticketed on Delta and your departure arrival time has changed more than 90 minutes, for example, you can get a refund. If you're on Southwest, any flight cancellation is refundable regardless of the other available options. American recently changed its rules for newly purchased tickets. So if you bought your ticket before April 8th, then a change of more than one hour would get you a refund. If you bought it on April 8th or later, not that anyone's been buying tickets, that now goes up to four hours. And if you're wondering, JetBlue is at two hours while Alaska is at one hour. Then there's United. United has changed its rules multiple times since this started. It was two hours, then it became 25 hours, then it flipped back to six hours, but you couldn't get a refund until a year after you bought the ticket. Finally, it settled at six hours with a prompt refund until DOT got involved. Just this week, DOT announced that the rules that were in place at the time the ticket was purchased will apply. That means United is going to have to honor the original rules for whenever you bought that ticket. Stay tuned as this plays out. All right, are you confused yet? Yeah, well, it gets worse. Just how do you determine if there are any options within that prescribed time frame? That also varies by airline. Both Delta and American say that if any new option adds stops, say going from a non-stop to one stop or from one stop to two stops, then it doesn't matter what the time change is, you can get a refund. United, however, says otherwise. As long as it can find an option within two or six or 25 or whatever hours, it doesn't care if you have to stop 20 times. No refund for you. And then what about partners? Well, let's say you were flying to Venice this summer. American and United have canceled all their flights to Venice this year, so your only choice is to fly into Europe and then connect on a partner airline. If you're flying on American, they allow that with schedule changes, and that would count as a schedule change option. But United actually prohibits using partners to create new routings, so then it wouldn't count if you were looking at partners for that. <sighs> at this point, you're probably on the floor in the fetal position, but get up. We're not done. Might want to pour yourself a drink, because we haven't even talked about international airlines yet. If you're flying to or from the US, DOT rules apply regardless of where the airline is based. The problem is some of these foreign carriers have less interest in actually processing refunds in a timely manner. They'd rather just sit on the money, tell you you can't have it, and then wait to get in trouble with the DOT. They'll just give you a credit in the meantime. Air Canada has been really difficult in this area. The Canadian government effectively shrugged its shoulders and told Air Canada and other Canadian airlines that they could keep credits on file instead of issuing refunds. The problem is, if you're flying to the US, US rules apply. Air Canada just doesn't seem to agree with that. Then you have airlines like Lufthansa, which for a while said, oh yes, we'll give refunds, we're just not processing them right now. Check back later. Other airlines will put a bunch of roadblocks in the way for you, like sending emails or filling out forms, different things to slow down the process. And inevitably, 
they'll tell you, oh yeah, we'll give you a refund, but it may take a while because the volume of requests. What that means is anyone's guess. At Cranky Concierge, we've had people waiting for refunds for two months. So how should you handle all this? Our recommendation is to start with the place where you bought your ticket first. Come armed with links to the policies and knowledge about how those policies apply to your situation. If you're talking to a traditional travel agent or to an airline, this should be easier than if you have to work your way through the gauntlet of customer service at a travel website like Expedia or Priceline. But be patient, and if all else fails, just hang up and try again. In some cases, you may need to submit an online form or send an email, and even though that may feel like a roadblock, it can actually help your case because you can include links and policies and explain exactly what the rules should be. Shameless plug warning, if you're having trouble figuring out what rules actually apply for your ticket, you can always sign up for our refund hunter service at crankyconcierge.com slash refund hunter. Now, let's say you have the right policy and you think you're eligible for a refund, but you're hitting a brick wall. That's when it's time to switch things up. If you book through an agent, you can try and contact the airline directly, but you will find varied results with that strategy. Some airlines will help you, some will say you have to go back to where you bought it, but it can't hurt to try. If that doesn't work, then it's time to look outside. Again, if your travel touches the US or you're ticketed on a US-based airline, then you can file a complaint with the DOT. Just go to transportation.gov airconsumer and you'll see a button there showing you how to file a complaint. The feds will get involved. It might take a little bit of time, but once they do, companies tend to respond pretty quickly. If you're having trouble composing that complaint, that's another part of our refund hunter service. The last thing to try is a credit card dispute, but be careful. If you book through a travel agent, it's the agent that may very well be left high and dry and not the airline. This has the potential to get messy, so in general, it should be a last resort if nothing else works. If you book directly through the airline, that's not necessarily an issue, but we still think it's better to try and go through the proper channels first before you resort to those types of steps. All right, there you have it, we're done. Either finish your drink or pour another one. If it's all too confusing or time consuming, we're always available to help with Refund Hunter. And in fact, we rolled out a new enhanced version of the service where we get more involved in dealing with the airlines or travel agents, even if you didn't book through us. Again, you can see more at crankyconcierge.com slash refund hunter. Thanks for tuning into our first show. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. But before we finish up, I want to again thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Southern California's Ontario International Airport. Remember, before your next trip, check with your airline for the latest flight information and visit flyontario.com COVID-19 for information on restaurant and store hours, parking changes, and more. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com or you can find us on Twitter at Cranky Concierge or look for Cranky Concierge on Facebook.